Hey guys, welcome to Who Day Talk. Jay and Braden here with a new episode. Today we are going to kind of do a head coach big board and kind of rank how we with the head coach candidates and kind of rank how we want them in order. We're going to be talking about Quentin Williams, Ed Oliver, Raekwon Davis, and Jeffrey Simmons. So start us off. Who is the coach that you'd most like that we've seen so far? I think it's pretty obvious, but Eric Bieniemy out of Kansas City, the offensive coordinator. I know he's only been there one year. I know he doesn't call plays, but that Andy Reid coaching tree is just too good to pass up. He's a very coveted guy. A lot of teams want him. I think if you can get him, you have to absolutely do it. You give him whatever he wants. I don't think you'd give him the power of the purse yet. Don't let him go out and like give everyone whatever contract he wants. I don't think you give him that yet. I mean, he's still a rookie head coach. And he's not. He's not at that level just yet, but I think you do give him the choice of his staff, obviously. You do give him – you pay him well, obviously, and I, you have to do whatever you can to get him. Yeah. The enemy is also my number one. I've talked a lot about him on Instagram and Twitter. I know he doesn't call the plays, but he's been – he still game plans with Andy Reid a lot. He's huge with player development. Like Tyree Kill, I was talking about how much he's – Helps him. Mahomes recently endorsed him, saying he has all the qualities of a head coach. The players love him. He's a guy that's going to discipline you, but he also kind of plays your strengths. So for me, he's kind of my clear-cut number one. There's really nobody that that we've interviewed that kind of comes and challenges him. Yeah, and my my number two and number three, they're kind of very close. My number two is going to probably shock a lot of people, but I'm going to go with Shane Waldron. Um, the, the L.A. Rams tight end coach and passing game coordinator. And he's a good fit for either offensive coordinator or head coach because I think you could convince him to get that offensive coordinator job just because in L.A., Sean McVay doesn't really seem ready to ever give up his role as the bona fide offensive coordinator. And I I just think that it would offer him a step up. I don't think a lot of – a lot of people think it's possible to go straight from a position coach to being a head coach. That very rarely happens. And I think if, if it didn't happen to John DeFilippo last year, I don't think it could happen to him. But I'm open to it. So I, I would be fine with Shane Waldron as the um, as our head coach just because he's running that passing game. He's the passing game coordinator in, in L.A. And that's one of, the, one of the league's best schemes. And I know Sean McVay runs that scheme. But Shane Waldron's been learning under Sean McVay for three years now. And I know it doesn't seem like Sean McVay's been a head coach that long, but, I mean, it's been – I think it's been three years. So, I think three years under McVay gives him the experience he needs to be a viable head coach and, at the very least, run an offense effectively. Uh, Waldron's my number three. My number two is Todd Munkin, the offensive yeah. creator from the Buccaneers. He's someone who I think is generally underrated. He's – just a really good offensive coordinator, great calling plays, does a great job of utilizing all of the receiving threats. I know last week we talked about the running game a bit, but I took a closer look at it, and I think it's just more he doesn't have the talent and the offensive lines and not very good at run blocking. And guys like Doug Martin last year, and who, who did they take this year? Who's a running back, rookie running back? From who? For what team? Buccaneers. Uh, the USC Buccaneers rock Ronald Jones. Yeah, Ron Jones, he's – I don't remember him really doing much, and I don't think he 
had the running back. He was a healthy scratch a lot of the year. Yeah. I just really don't think he had the running back and offensive line to really make it. I think he could – it's kind of wild card we do our running game, but I think I'm, – I'm not really using the running game against him just because of talent. And I think Jameis Winston isn't that good. I He made Winston look pretty good. And anytime the Buccaneers offense really struggles, when Cutter started calling the plays in an attempt to save his job. The thing I like about Monken is he effectively uses six people in the passing game. He has Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. He had Deshaun Jackson for a while. He had uh, Adam Humphreys. He had O.J. Howard. And he had Cameron Brait. That's six guys who got a lot of production. And he, James Winston consistently is up there in the league in passing yards, despite not being very good. Um, I, I think that's, that's pretty good. That says a lot. The, the ability to spread the ball out. And I don't think that's what James Winston – that's not on James Winston. That's on Todd Monken. Todd Monken is the one scheming the offense to, okay, Jameis, you're going to spread the ball out. Like, we're going we're gonna to run routes, so you're throwing the ball. The hot route is to the number four receiver. The hot route is to the number three receiver just to throw off the defense. And I like that a lot. Um, and that's why I have him as my third co- – or my third uh, coach on the big board. But to, to be clear, this – this is of the candidates that the Bengals have interviewed, correct? Yes. Yes, that's what I, that's what I'm going at. Now, next week, if it comes out that the Bengals are interviewing Vic Fangio, well, Vic Fangio is going to be second on my board. Um, but that, I, just, just of the candidates that they're interviewing right now, this is my board. But um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Wait, yeah, as I just monkey, I think he's not as good as the enemy, but he's somebody who I think bright and the thing that really concerns me just him coming from Tampa Bay I don't know if he wants to do something what Cutter did or if he wants to install something completely new wherever he's head coach at so I don't know about that I know uh, Marvin and Cutter were really good friends so the thing I don't like about Monken is I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of giving of giving a head coaching job to someone who came from a team that was not very good. That that came from a losing team, and not just a seven and nine team. They were they were a bad team, and they started off pretty hot, but then it just kind of fell off a cliff. And that's what worries me about that. I don't know if Cutter was the best guy to be to be working under, because um, I don't I don't think he learned that much from him. I don't think he learned how to run a team because exactly. obviously they they weren't very successful. So that that's what worries me about him. Um, but again. I I don't know if you can go wrong with a guy like him if Eric Bieniemy isn't an option. Um, but, yeah, uh, I know you said Shane Waldron was third on your big board. What do you think about him? Uh, yeah, you kind of hit on everything. I'm just a little concerned of him making that big of a jump. I'd like to see him be offensive coordinator. Uh, I We kind of talked about this last week, but he took over for offensive coordinator for Dolphins a couple of years ago when Bill Lazor got fired. So that's kind of his offensive coordinator experience. I'm willing to bet he's learned a lot under McVay. And I would be intrigued with him as head coach. If he was our head coach, I wouldn't complain. But I just don't think he's quite ready to make that step. And I was having a conversation with some people on Twitter earlier. And with the younger head coaches, they tend to they tend to gravitate towards like more veteran coordinators. Like, for example, uh, well, that's not a good example, but with Sean McVay, I guess. Sean McVay has um, 
the name is escaping me. Oh my god, we I was just talking about this like ten minutes ago. Sean McVay's coordinator, Jesus. Oh my god, it's gonna bother me now. I don't know why I can't remember it. I was thinking Greg Williams, but like, oh god, what's his name? You'll remember in twenty minutes. Don't worry. I remember in twenty minutes. One sec. It's oh my gosh, Wade Phillips. That's what it was. Sorry, Wade Phillips. An experience. I don't know what I'm thinking, guys. Wade Phillips, an experienced defensive coordinator, uh, kind of an older guy, taking taking the defense coordinating or having that job for Sean McVay while he focuses on the offense. They kind of they kind of tend to go for that older guy. So if Waldron was a head coach, I would look for guys like uh, Greg Williams, which I, which is what I was getting at, to be the defensive coordinator, an older guy that that can kind of take the pressure off of him, give him some experience, not have the head coach have to worry about one side of the ball so much. And I, I think I like that approach just because, I mean, it's worked before. I mean, if you look at Greg Williams, even last year, Hugh Jackson, no, he wasn't very good, but when the job was taken from, uh, sorry, from Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams took over and he was kind of able to balance it pretty well. They ended pretty strong. It just gives a safety net, I guess, is my is my point. Um, but other than that, I don't, I kind of got off topic there a little bit, but I think Shane Waldron would be a great head coach. Yep. Then uh, who's number four on your big board? Number four is where it gets tricky. Um, I'm not as high on Zach Taylor as a lot of people are, just because he wasn't as involved in that offense as Shane Waldron was, obviously. Because I mean, Zach Taylor is just a QB coach essentially. Um, However, I'm not sure if I would go Vance over him either. So I'm going to say Zach Taylor skeptically. And I, I think if Zach Taylor is your coach, you're in trouble. Um, just, I mean, not in complete trouble. It's not going to be damning, but it's not going to be ideal, I guess. And I guess I'd have to go Zach Taylor. I mean, I don't really have any reasoning for it other than he's just the best of the rest. Yeah. Uh, other than that, after him, I'd probably go Vance, Vance Joseph. And I'll give you a little bit of an explanation on that. I think I explained this last last week. But he's very aggressive uh, defensive play caller. Likes to use man coverage a lot, which is what our strength is. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I like about Vince Joseph. There's a lot not to like about him. Like he uh, – well, there's some rape accusations. And that's not – we forgot to talk about that with Eric Bieniemy last week. Uh, he also had some uh, – I think it was assault on like a female parking lot attendant. And that – Kind of reminds me of Jim Mixon because he had a little bit of that, uh, and I he does have a big past. I think he's over it. I'm not sure that's going to stop me from hiring him, uh, but it's something that definitely needs to be looked at, and we need to make sure. Okay, he, has he definitely not had any incidents in the past five, ten, whatever years since then, or whatever, whenever that those incidents happened, has he been clean since then? How long ago did this happen? Uh, <clears throat> any domestic violence issues because you can't have a head coach having stuff like that recently just because it sets a terrible example, especially on a team like us where we don't have the um, most high character guys to say the least. But you have to make sure on stuff like that. But yeah, other than that, I think for I think Eric Gammy would be very well or very good. Um, Vance Joseph, however, he's had I think Vance Jeffers, Vance Jeffers, no, nah, I cannot talk. Vance Joseph has a a rougher pass in Eric Bieniemy. Forget the exact details, but I think he had some two sexual assault 
allegations. It was like with two female trainers back when he was a coach at, was it Colorado? Colorado. Colorado. And apparently there's plans of him crawling, crawling into the bed naked uh, of two female trainers and just, yeah, sexual assault. Not rape, but sexual assault. And I believe there's a settlement. I'm not positive on that. I don't think he served any jail time, though. Like he didn't. There was a settlement. And kind of going back on the enemy, I have a person who claims to have an inside source. He's been uh, correct on everything so far. So, But take I'm taking anything he says with a grain of salt because you just never know. But the Bengals are not concerned with his past. They asked about him in the interview. They believe it's nothing to worry about, kind of like Joe Mixon. He changed. So that's just something I was told. And something – also, I've been hearing – I'm going to go back talking our teams with the enemy. So, he interviewed with four teams, the Buccaneers, us, uh, Jets, and Dolphins. Uh, sounds like the Jets are going everything they have from McCarthy. It looks like the Buccaneers are getting air. And so, that kind of leaves it between us and the Dolphins. And I think the Dolphins might go that Richards guy. I don't know if they go Richards just because – they don't. They want. I think they want the safer pick. I think Eric Bieniemy is definitely the safer pick in Miami. Um, something that I'm not really sure the Jets are going to get McCarthy because I know the Browns been on McCarthy at first for a while. There's rumors of them already having the contract in the works. Uh, I don't think that was actually true, but I I do think the Browns are pretty in on McCarthy. Um, if that's true, though, if the Jets do get McCarthy, if uh, the Buccaneers do get Arians, I guess it is between us and the Dolphins, and I think it'll come down to roster strength. I think the Dolphins might they have an they have an edge on us on uh, offensive line. I think they have an edge on us in their defensive backs, but just by a hair, just because they have um, <clears throat> Shad Jones, they have uh, I'm very, I'm terrible with names today. They have that stud corner uh, Xavier Howard. Or, yeah, Howard, that's what it was. Uh, he's pretty much just as good as William Jackson. He's very underrated. Um, there's that they, they have uh, they have Minka too. I'm an idiot. Uh, they're, they're just a, they have a lot, a lot of good DBs. Um, linebackers are better than us. We have a better defensive line, they have offensive line. We're probably a little more set at quarterback. But I, I do think we, we have a lot more depth than they do, and that's going to help us attract Eric Bieniemy. Um, and hopefully it doesn't – hopefully the Dolphins have someone else on their mind that hasn't really come out yet. There is rumors of Cliff Kingsbury, who would automatically go to the top of my list. Um, there's rumors of him leaving USC, resigning after they blocked him from interviewing with NFL teams. And that's interesting because he just signed a contract with them like a month ago. So there's there is talk of him resigning and paying a buyout to go to the NFL. That would be amazing, and I would interview him. I'd be the first in line to interview him, and I'd give him the job right then and there. Young offensive mind, stud, attractive guy. Uh, he's just he's the closest thing to Sean McVay we got. That would be somewhat available, and I think you'd have to go in all in on that. Agree. That'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Something I'll be watching closely. We got really off topic from our big board. Uh, but going back to Zach Taylor, I also have him as number four. And 
I was also told that the Bengals are not actually considering him for head coach. They were basically interviewing about offensive coordinator. Yeah, I was I was told that I ha- I have a source as well, and I he's been fairly accurate as well. Uh, I don't think it's the same source you have. I'm not really sure that we haven't really talked about our sources, but um, yeah, this guy told me roughly the same thing. He told he also told me that Eric Bieniemy <clears throat> seems to be the guy around around the front office that is most liked he he's not saying that it's the favorite he's just saying that it's around the front office there seems to be most steam around him um this i i tend to believe him on that he's been right he was the one who revealed to me that the Bengals are in on uh john ross and mike williams um when they took john ross at nine the or two years ago and he was right on that and i didn't think there's any way but i mean it worked out so I mean, we'll see, but I think I think we're in pretty good shape. Any as long as the head coach isn't an internal hire, I think we'll be fine. Um, or at least there's going to be change, and there's going to be some fun behind it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, other than that, do you want to move on to the, the four defensive tackle prospects? Oh yeah, I've just talked about the in-house guys real quick. They all suck. Uh, I honestly think Vance Joseph's the worst candidate for us. Just because he's literally Marvin, we just can't have another Marvin coach. I wouldn't say he's the worst candidate. I th- I think Hugh Jackson would definitely be worse. But um, I would say Bill Lazor worse than Hugh Jackson. I would not say Bill Lazor would be worse than Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson would be so bad. But... They're, they're all awful, but I just say that because at least here in Cincy, Hugh Jackson as an offensive coordinator was pretty good. Bill Lazor hasn't been. So I'm just kind of going off that. I, I guess I, I can see that I guess um yeah we can that's I, I think that's so unlikely that I don't think we should waste any more time talking about it just because I I really don't see them hiring in-house guys I I think they're gonna go out and get a new guy I know it, what we've seen recently has that would say otherwise would say that okay they're just gonna stick with the Marvin head coaching tree they're they're obviously content with mediocrity. I think they are to some point still, but I, I do think they're going to go out and get another head coach, someone like Eric Bieniemy, or even if they hire Shane Waldron or someone else. Um, but that, that's my take on it. Yeah. You ready to move on to those prospects? Yep. All right. Um, first up, Ed Oliver. Let me tell you guys, this guy, I, I was talking on Twitter, probably was yesterday and today, I was watching some tape. Ed Oliver is a monster, guys. He, he could single-handedly fix our run game. Extremely athletic extremely quick get off never seen anything like it excellent run defender great motor great speed always around the play take he can take out double teams in less than half a second i mean great hand usage versus a run uh, he's triple teamed and held and he still gets penetration i mean he's insane he gets very low great balance could probably play any position on defense other than cornerback like he's that athletic guys he's probably gonna weigh in at like 280 he's gonna run a four five um he, he's super. He's super athletic. I mean, incredible get off. Like I said, initial contact is great. Uh, and whenever he does get hit the ground, whenever he is taken down, he's always up in like a fraction of a second. He's always back in on the play, which is something that you rarely see. You don't really see a defensive lineman get hit, get or get hit, get on the ground, whatever, and get back up so quickly that he's able to still be on the play and still create pressure. And, I mean, he's great at gapping those double teams, finding the gap in those double teams and getting through. I mean, 
he's he's insane, guys. Uh, great play recognition. I mean, I'll let you talk about about him a little more, but he's he's just insane. Yeah, definitely. I I think he's the best realistic possibility at eleven. If he somehow does fall to eleven, we'd be incredibly stupid not to take him. He's just amazing, and he would make our defensive line top three. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. The only thing that I would say he needs to work on is those three things. Uh, his bend does need some work, but, I mean, he's not he's not an end. He's not a defensive end, so I don't think that's a huge issue. He does need to expand his pass rate. Right now he's completely run-wired, uh, and that's that's not a terrible thing, but he's a run-first defensive tackle. He's great at stopping the run. And I'm not saying he's bad at, at pass rushing at all by any means. He's a very good pass rusher. He's just not elite at that or as elite as he is as a run, as a run defender. Um, and he just needs – he just really needs to have a plan for that pass rush. I think he does – he tends – he's so run-oriented. He's so wired for the run that he doesn't really think, oh, this could be a pass. He doesn't really have a plan for, okay, if this is a pass, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my hand here, whatever. He doesn't really have a plan. He kind of just goes. And he's successful at times, but in the NFL, he's going to have to get a plan together. Yeah. And I think there's just times where he just gets away with it just because how powerful he is. Or sometimes he just doesn't have a chance because he's getting double, triple team. And he is going to – he another issue with him I forgot to mention, it's his size. A lot of people are going to say he's undersized. Four of the top five defensive tackles right now are were labeled as undersized coming out. So that's not a terrible thing. I mean, Aaron Donald was undersized coming out. And probably top three defensive tackle to ever play the game. Right now, he's still like not even thirty. So yeah, he I, that doesn't worry me very much. But I think at Oliver, he he has no business not going in the top three. He's going to drop out of the top three, but that's just going to be a sin. Uh, that's any team that is not picking in the top three and passes on him is going to football hell. Yep, and kind of pissing me off how much the media is trying to shit on him. He's we talked about this like a month ago. There's always one really great player in the draft that the media just tries to bring down. That's at Oliver this year. It was Joey, Joey Bosa. It happened to Joey Bosa a few yep. years back. And Jay, or I, I can never say this guy's first name, but Clowney out of Houston. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone tries. I mean, it happens every year. They always yep. try and shit on him and they end up being all pros, pro bowlers. And I, I don't get it. You can't at Oliver's one of those can't miss blue chip prospects. And you got to take him if he's there. Exactly. I have him as my third best player in the draft. I I think I'm gonna have to have him over our next our next defense tackle, Quinnen Williams, just by a hair. I mean, it's one A and one B, but I I might have to have him over Quinnen Williams a little bit. Quinnen Williams also a a great def- interior defensive lineman prospect. Played for Bama. He's just like Oliver. He's just amazing. He's a he's a little more fluent than Oliver against pass rush. He, Really got using his hands, good rip, good club, uh, very quick with his feet, good leverage. He's he kind of reminds me of Geno Atkins, honestly. Yeah, I, I would agree. He wins with leverage, just like Geno does. Yeah, and just you'll think you'll just push back a three hundred pound offensive lineman, make it look easy. His strength, you know, he is one of the best players in the draft. His strength, I think, is a little underrated. He's also re- really good against the run, and like Jay just said. Oliver's one A, one B, kind of. What do you need more? Wouldn't yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I I would disagree with you on your take on his strength. I think he's his strength doesn't really 
intrigue me as much. He wins with leverage. He has good strength. I'm not saying it's bad, but like, he it's not elite like at all. Is. Uh he wins with leverage, and I think I think that's a little better than winning with strength, like pure out strength. I think that's a little better. Not an understatement. I'm not trying to like come at him with it, but I think his strength is isn't the best. I think could get better. But I mean, you said it. He's an elite pass rusher, outstanding hand usage, uh, great club, like you said. Lots of moves, always has a plan, great at splitting double teams. I mean, like like I said earlier, great leverage. I mean, probably the best leverage, uses his leverage, uh, the best out of any defense tackle in this class. Great footwork, extremely technically sound, high motor, very good size. I mean, he's kind of the opposite of Ed Oliver in, in that Ed Oliver's a run-first defensive tackle well. Uh, Quinton Williams is a pass-first pass defensive tackle. And he's – they're kind of – the way that Ed Oliver – how do I explain this? So, as as good as Ed Oliver is at pass rushing, Quinton Williams is at run at, at run defending. I mean, he's he's a good run defender, but he's not great. Ed Oliver is a good pass rusher, but he's not great. And I think those kind of like you said, it's what do you need more? Do you need a pass rusher more? Or do you need a run stuffer? Yeah, and I think Williams is going to go ahead of Oliver just the yes. way it seems right now. Honestly, if Oliver does go ahead of him. I wouldn't be surprised because I think after the combine, some teams will be blown away by Oliver. But if I had to put money on it, Williams is going top three. Yeah, I I would agree. I think I think there's no chance Williams sees it out of at least top five. Um, and the reason I think he would, another reason I think Quinn Williams would go over at Oliver is because it's the pass first NFL. Pass rushing is a little bit more important right now. Interior pressure is coveted, uh, and Quinn and yeah, Williams offers that interior pressure a little bit more than Ed Oliver would, just because he's more refined as a pass rusher. Um, but with that, 1A and 1B right there, you can't go wrong with either guy. Yeah, so, when do you rate Juan Davis next? Yeah, we can do rate Juan Davis. What do you What do you have on him? Uh, he's a really big guy, a lot of attention in the NFL Played next to Quentin Williams for a lot of the year. Uh, kind of like Oliver, he's a very powerful guy. Uh, just oh, powerful. That's the first thing that comes to mind when I watch him. Uh, kind of like Oliver, he doesn't always have a plan when it's pass rushing. He just kind of uses that power. Uh, yeah. Plays a good gap. Uh, sometimes he comes off a little too high, and that leaves him a little open. That we're offensive, good offensive lineman can – get a hold of him and kind of use that against him. But real, he's just a really powerful guy, a lot of upside, but I would like to see him more technique in the pass game. Pass I, I think I, when I look at him, I know he has the strength. I don't see him using it too much. I don't see him using it to the potential it could be used. He doesn't really combine that strength. Like he has, he has great, he has good, good stance, good leverage, good feet placement, good hand placement. Uh, but he has trouble combining all that, his leverage, his hand placement, his hands, whatever. He has trouble combining that with his strength. And I once he can do that, I think he can be a very good defensive tackle in the NFL. I don't really see him as – well, let me get to that. I don't know if I see him as a three technique in the NFL. I think I see him more as a five technique, three, four defensive end. Definitely five no technique. What would you say? Definitely five technique. Yeah I, yeah, I see him as a five tech. I, I, I think he can play three tech. I think he can play nose. Um, but in the NFL, I probably I would prefer him being in a five tech. Uh, I I think I can see him. He the strength is there, like I said, it's just so inconsistent, and I don't really see him having the pass rush ability to 
to be able to hold down a three tech in this modern day NFL where three techs are asked to pass rush a lot more than they are to stop the run. And <clears throat> he's just right now I see him, I have him as a mid first round guy that shouldn't go in top 10, but I think he should go in that 13 to 20 range. Um, but I just don't think he, he belongs in that top 12 just yet. Mm-mm. Yeah, but yeah, first round guy, a lot of potential, but definitely wouldn't take him top 10. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and he's a great block eater. It's just I don't really see the the penetration ability. And you know how much we love penetration, but I don't really see the penetration ability from him. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got Jeffrey Simmons, uh, defensive tackle out of uh, Mississippi State. What do you have on him? Uh, he's a, another high upside guy. Good block. Good block. Good gap. Responsibility. Uh, does a good job splitting the double team. Uh, some good leverage most of the time. He can be a little inconsistent on his get off. Uh, pretty good penetration. Would like to see him a little more consistent with his hand usage. Uh, usually he has a plan when he's pass rushing. Sometimes, though, he just tries to bull rush, and that doesn't always work. Uh, he had an incident in 2016 where he hit a girl, so that might attract the Bengals. But <laughs> but he's kind of another high upside guy that I don't think is a top ten guy. No. I don't see a top ten guy either. I mean, I have I have three pretty big issues with him. Uh, he hesitates a lot. I mean, he when he a lot of times when he's pass rushing, he like tries and sits through blocks like a linebacker, and that close to offensive lineman, this is not going to work. You're not going to get there in time. He doesn't use his bull rush consistently, uh, and when he's able to combine that, that I mean, the hesitation is good to an extent, but when you hesitate to the level he's hesitating, it's not good. Like when he, he's great at finding gaps. He's, that's his best trait. He's great at squeezing through those gaps in protection. He's great at reading plays. And when he can combine that with his strength and his bull rush, his elite bull rush, it's very successful. I mean, he gets sacks. He's very good. Right now, too often I see him hesitating, trying to like, it's almost like he's doing ladder work through the offensive line and you can't really do that. It's it's not it's not you're not gonna get there in time. Like I, I know he has quick feet, he has great feet, but you're not gonna win with just footwork. I mean, it's not gonna happen. So and he I think he's a great run defender. I think he has the potential to be a great pass rusher. He's not there yet. I see him as a in that thirteen twenty range, just like Raquan Davis, they're very closely ranked for me. Uh a lot of times I just see him not going for the penetration, just trying to absorb and eat blocks. Uh and part of that is because he played out of position. He they had him at I don't even know. I couldn't even tell on the table. He's probably at four or five tech uh, or one tech. They didn't really play him at three tech too often uh, in college. And I think that's where he is at the next level. I think he's a three tech. I think he's a great prospect. I'd have him some he, – he's definitely not in the top two. I think I'd have him a little bit over Raekwon Davis. Uh, and yeah, like he's – oh, yeah. And the other thing I really don't like about him is he can't finish to save his life. He can't he, – he doesn't really – very very often get those like sacks where he's working the whole time and then it comes up at the end where he's okay that's a sweet get that's a great play whatever that doesn't happen too often too often that he gets a hit maybe most of the time it's just pressure uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing but I think he has to get better at finishing. Yeah, something else I kind of noticed that I should have just brought up 
Sometimes he'll use his own momentum against him. He won't control himself, and that allows offensive linemen to kind of just push him out of the play. Something else that I kind of saw. Yeah, I, I can see that a little bit. Um, but right now, those, like we said, those top four guys for me, I think I got Ed Oliver, 1A, Quentin Williams, 1B, and then we got Raekwon Davis, and then uh, Jeffrey Simmons. I think I'd have Jeffrey Simmons a little bit over Raekwon Davis, actually, but what do you have for your top four? Uh, like, so far. like you, Oliver and Williams are 1A, 1B. I, I have a hard time putting one over the other just because of how different but how dominant they are. I do yeah. have Davis a tad above Simmons, not by much, but I see a little more potential with Davis. So that kind of set the edge for me, but you can make an argument for both. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, next week, we're going to do some more defensive tackle prospects, huge defensive tackle class. We might even do two more weeks of them because there's, there's probably 15 guys you can make an argument for. Uh, next week, you want to do Jared Willis, Jerry Tillery, Isaiah Bugs, and uh, – Wilkins and Lawrence. Yeah, we can Clemson. do that. All right, so the two Clemson defensive tackles, Jerry Tillery, Gerald Willis, and Isaiah Bugs, the third Alabama lineman. Sound good? Sounds good. And before All we right, go, go out, if you, if you had to make a prediction right now, who do you think is going to end up with the head coaching spot? Eric Bieniemy, just because of what my source told me. He says that seems like to be the feeling. I think if Eric Bieniemy wants the job, it's his. My – and I agree. My source also said that the Bengals are sold on him. So, I think I think if it's not the enemy, though, I think Monken is the next most likely possibility. Yep. But I don't know if I agree with that. But something I could live with. I, something I could live with for sure. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. Whatever. Uh, we're going to be back with five more defensive tackle prospects next week. And hopefully after that, we can either move on to a different position and maybe we'll even know our head coach by next week. Who knows? Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Who day? Who day?